large popcorn listener. Welcome to the world's first artificially intelligent system for podcasts, LP1. We'd like to ask you a few basic questions before the podcast begins. This will help to create a podcast to best fit your needs. Are you social, or antisocial? What is your favorite movie? Are you ready for the show to begin? melancholy song and welcome to episode 70 of large popcorn this is a space where friends gather around to have elevated and comfortable discussions about all things film in the least pretentious way possible or at least we hope for those of you who don't know me i am your host christian macias and alongside me today the co-creator and host of easy achievers my friend elijah miller hello hello how are you thank you so much for having me Dude, I'm excited. I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, before we get into any kind of the rigor room, I have some questions for you in the okay. director's chair. But Elijah, are you just starting to get more into movies? Is this is this what I'm gathering mm. from Twitter? So yes, if if uh, if you don't know me, hi, I'm Elijah Miller. Uh, I have a great Twitter account. You should go follow. Aside from that, though, I have been chronologically kind of going back and trying to find like what are some of the movies I've missed because. There's one guy. I don't know if you've ever had him on here, Emmett Watkins Jr. He's he uh, did what he was on the show once. He did a rom com with me. Of course, yeah. That's yep. That sounds about right for him. Um, and he had a letterbox which I had just been shown. I, I I knew of it, never seen one. And he was like, "Oh, look at my letterbox." I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I I don't watch a lot of movies." And I brought it up, and I I, I told him like some of my favorite movies, and he was like, "That sounds like a." college dorm room if it was a person and i was like "Ooh, all right i should probably fix that <laughs> so what i've done is uh i've went to his letterbox i threw him some uh kind of like oh you know what are some and i just copied like some of his top movies and uh i actually reached out to people who follow me to give them uh, give me some more movies to watch actually and i'm up to probably 60 plus movies right now um of just things that i've never watched uh, just to name a few, things like Fight Club, um, things like um, 1917, Mad Max, Fargo, mm. Burn After Reading. There's, there's just a couple quick ones. Like, there's so many, but I've been slowly cutting down because I, I, I've no games so long for basically the majority of my life, um, and I got that love for my father. And movies have always been such a uh blank spot really you know i was i feel like i'm the average probably person when it comes to a movie i go sure. see the blockbuster movie of the year i go to the movies maybe maybe four times out of the year five that is above you know? average the average u.s moviegoer is going to max two a year whoa yeah oh, and that's, that's pre-covid crazy. that is pre-covid that's pre-covid yeah what? yeah okay that's okay well that's strange but um, and just a quick aside, uh, when MoviePass was a thing, I was seeing uh, mm. two movies a month. <laughs> like I was one of those people where MoviePass, me and my wife, would literally two times a month, sometimes three, sometimes once a week would go to the movie. That was unheard of for Elijah back then. 
So that was I know a lot from around the time Movie Pass was around. <laughs> Dude, you are in good hand. You are in welcome company with uh, with Movie Pass. Like I am part of the reasons why that company went bankrupt so fast because oh, I was same, same. yeah, uh, fantastic. One of, the, one of the dumbest things you could have done as a company. I mean, I mean, and I yet it. the smartest changed the industry. It did. It did. It really did. I've got some more letterbox questions for you, but before that. Actually, even before we get into the rest of the intro, I am so sorry. Let's go. I'm. Go, I pulled open Emmett Watkins Jr.'s Letterboxd because okay. I want to see some of his favorite movies. And let's let's see his top four. He's also a pro member. Shout out Emmett. He is giving money to Letterboxd, as we all should. His favorite films: Top Four, Bad Boys Two, Blind okay. Spotting. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, I know right. Book Smart. And everything, everywhere, all at once. A 2022 film that he Whoa, found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this year, right? Absolutely. Like that just came out. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, that's impressive. I um I saw that's on Prime Video. That's probably gonna be the next next one I watch. Dude, oh, talk about a perfect movie that you and your wife should watch. Like everything ever all at once. That's a great pick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw it like just came out. So I'm like, you know what? It's it's time. It's time I watch this. There's too many people that are saying it's good. I still don't. I still haven't been spoiled. So I'm I'm excited. Good. Good. You know what else it's time for? The rest of the intro. Folks, remember that Large Popcorn is your movie podcast where I and a guest talk about the latest in cinema world news as well as anything and everything movies. If you like what you hear, please give us a sub on your favorite podcast service of choice. And please, if you can, leave a review because that does indeed help us out. If you have any questions, you can please DM them directly to Large Popcorn Pod over on Twitter or you can dial in at speakpipe.com slash largepopcorn, where you can leave us a message and we'll play it live on the show. Remember that a new episode of LP goes live every other Tuesday, so we sincerely hope that you stick around. And as always, all the resources and items we discuss in today's show will be down in the show notes slash description below. Quick reminder, as always, merch is always available at our bonfire store. You can peep shirts like the LP shirt, the logo tee, the Denis Villeneuve shirt, and uh, a shirt that a friend of the show, Roshan Werner, made for us, a Chloe Zhao shirt. So those are always up and available for you. But for now, let's get into our first short segment of the day, starting with the director's chair. Elijah, I have some interview questions for you, if that is all right. Yeah, please, please. Open book. We were talking about how you're kind of more recently into movies, like video games are obviously your forte, but you want to yes. get a bit more into film. Do you have any favorites so far that you want to point to? I want to know more about Ooh. these dorm room poster movies that you mentioned. <laughs> um, so growing up as a kid, I, I loved comic books. So the easy thing to point to is like the comic book movies that I've come to love. Mm. They're probably not the ones that you would expect, but things like um, uh, Dark Knight are like one of the, one of my favorites. Um uh, what's what's another one? Um, I quickly made like a top ten off the top of my head like weeks ago. I don't have on hand, but I remember that uh, Endgame is not, although not my favorite movie, is is like a a cultural centerpiece. I think I can point to as like a movie that I loved the build up and all that thing. That's something that's no doubt, no doubt, un- uncommon. I think in media in general um, that I loved a lot. Um, Three hundred is something I rewatched recently, and I was like, this is just a good movie. Um, it's it's one of those things where it's like, wow, this is a uh, Kind of crazy. This is this is fun. Like it's 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 like the uh, epitome of like action. Like if you really just want to watch an action movie, just put on three hundred. You're gonna have a good time. Um, 
what else? What's a couple other quick ones? Um, I will say real quick. Few, go ahead. Zack Snyder. I kind of have a soft spot for him. Like, mm. is Zack Snyder's Justice League, his version, the Snyder Cut, a good movie? I don't know. But do I enjoy watching that, like, nearly four-hour endeavor? I very much did. Something about it. I, I also love the four-hour ultimate cut of Watchmen. A little fun fact for you. So, yeah, Watchmen's another uh, one that's up there, too. It was, it was very fun. I actually wa- like the show more than the movie, which is rare. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, that's kind of that's that's kind of the thing. I, I don't have much off the top of the head. I to, to go away from the dorm rooms, things that I've forgotten that I actually liked. Um, Gone Girl is one that I've watched that was an incredible Ooh. movie. Mm. Um, I think it's called, I always get it wrong, I think. I think it's called The Room. Which is the one where uh, she was uh, the the main that character is, was abducted. That is Room, not to be confused room. with ah, the Room, which is Tommy Wiseau's <laughs> movie. Yeah. I always get it come. I always get those two confused. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So Room, I like a lot as well. So good. Um, yeah, it's God. That is that is dark but incredible movie. Um, nice. But dude. I, I'm there's just yeah, there's just not a lot of watch actually recently uh, that I've liked a lot. Um, Inglorious Bastards. That was an awesome movie. Um, I very, very much liked Inglorious Bastards. I've only watched that like yeah. two weeks ago. I actually thought, and maybe uh, your listeners will probably make fun of me for this. I actually thought it was like a comedy. So when no, I was watching it, it absolutely like, oh, is. is. It, it is. It, it is exaggerated. But I thought it was gonna be. I thought I was gonna be like dying of laughter like halfway through. And there are points where there's clearly a comedic elements sprinkled throughout. But. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I I was like oh I thought this was like a I can't really point to something off the top of my head, uh, but like subtle jokes uh, more throughout versus than what it is. But I very much liked that movie, uh, and the ending was wow. Yeah, the ending is cool. And also, I'll never look at Cream the same way ever again. I am fighting every urge not to make a joke here, but I w- I'll move on. Instead, I'm going to ask you. So, okay, so Emmett gave you a list. I think I gave you a list of movies to you watch did. on Twitter. You did. Other people a, jumped in as well. Quickly. Yeah, yes, please, please I do. Have. Yes, so your list, uh, Spirited Away, Dead Poets, uh, Social Network, Blade Runner, Pants Labyrinth, Stringer's List, Your mm. Name, Science of the Lambs, Children of Man. Oh. There's a couple quick ones. So uh, many bangers sure in there. Yeah, I'm very excited for Pants Labyrinth. I haven't watched that. I've heard good things. Spirited Away. I need to just watch Studio Ghibli movies just in general. Sure. Because, I mean, it's what everyone points to as every animator's favorite movie probably, right? So I need to watch that. To be Um, in your shoes, Elijah. (laughs) I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to your show actually that are like, wow, I would love to be a blank Mm -hmm. slate. Because I am kind of a blank slate. I mean, really, if if I had to sit down, I've, I've really... Over the course of my life, I've just really watched like the blockbuster movies, you know, Marvel movies, and mm-hmm. sure, and, sure, uh, a couple Transformer movies, you know, all the other, all the stuff. So I'm excited. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of one. Forrest Gump. That's one that everyone goes like, oh, oh come on, dude. Okay, I did not know Forrest Gump is like you haven't watched it. Yes, you absolutely oh, should. No, I, I have not. I have not. I've seen the 70 million gifts that have spawned from this movie, but I have not seen the movie now. Elijah, give I've me. Seen, I've seen the the I've seen the clip of the shrimp, which is very funny. So I'm very much looking forward to this movie, where the guys like naming all the shrimp while they're like cleaning. Was, oh yeah, of course, yeah, Bubba, absolutely. Elijah, give me a few movies on that list that I think you, that you would think are a priority watch for you that like you Ooh, have to get done. That's a ooh, that's a really good question. 
Um, priority. So I'll say Kill Bill. I'll say Pulp Fiction, Departed. I'll say 1917, Shawshank Redemption, Shape of Water, Black Klansman, Forrest Gump, Grand Budapest Hotel, Judas and the Black Messiah. God, dude. Um, <laughs> you just keep going. Birdman, Fight Club. Oh, I can take, I can, so I've actually been putting W next to uh, all my movies, and I can d- put a W on the movie we'll be talking about later, but, um. Why the W? Uh, there's a couple, s- seven, Blind Spotting, Booksmart, Fargo, Run Lola Run, Little Miss Sunshine. I mean, there's, I can, I can. Yeah, keep you keep going, going. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, there's so many that, that I need to get to. There's going to be a couple that, I, I feel like I need to sit down with the wife, because we actually been watching it, like, every week together. It's Thursday's the movie day. We sit down, we watch a movie together. I love that. List. I love that for you guys. Yeah, yeah. So so I'm going to sit down with her and be like, you know, which ones don't you want to watch? So I can kind of get through a couple of these a little quicker. Oh, Princess Bride um, is one. Sure, sure. I need to watch. She's, she loves that movie, so we'll be watching that together for sure. Uh, Elijah, uh, why, yes. why the why the W, if I may, I may ask, next to movies? Just watched. Just so it's just it's a little thing in my head. You, Just I you, put W and slash. So. You already have the answer to this, which Emmett already gave to you, is to make a letterbox. It's so easy just to make an account and log okay. everything you're doing. You can you make lists. Yeah, it's oh, dude, no brainer. This is my favorite social okay. media site by far. This is S tier okay. social media. Okay, and it's letterbox. I've been here before. It. I will give it to them. Their UI is incredible. It's so simple, but it looks great. By the um, end of the what, show, we will make Elijah have a letterboxed account. Okay, okay. I'll have it open. We'll do it later. By the way, uh, I know you brought it up before, but uh, your merch, whew, real nice. Looking good? Real nice. Thank you, buddy. I like this. A lot. I like this. Yeah. It's so subtle. It's large popcorn. Got a big popcorn with a podcast on it. I love that. I yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Before we move on, we got one more uh, item left in director's share. This is the recent watches Kind of just to see what we've been watching lately. I haven't watched anything personally, which is a rare for me. I've been busy with other projects. But I do have a movie slated for Thursday with some buddies before I I head out. This is Barbarian. Uh, This is coming out this week. And it's being described as this year's Malignant. So very much a horror thriller movie with with some surprises, I'd gather. Uh, So I'm very excited for Barbarian. Should be a fun watch. May I read the synopsis? For Barbarian? Yeah. Go for it. You got a letterbox open? Uh, yeah, a woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems. Very cool. Yeah. This looks very... F- I love this poster. Oh, my God. Who made this? Yeah. Stylish wow. poster, eh? Yeah. Very much antithetical to the stuff we're used to in blockbusters, which is the pyramid of actor heads. What's funny is when you said barbarian, I was like, oh, yeah, pyramid of actors. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, when you said barbarian and then horror, I was like, what? But yeah, this is definitely a horror movie. This is uh, I might watch this. It's cool. Elijah, do you have any recent watches that you watched other than the movie we're going to talk about today? Um, I watched um Lord of the Rings actually, the Amazon Prime show. Um, and it was save that, it's, save that, we, save that. Oh, yeah, ooh, save that. Okay, we, okay. we we have an item coming. Um, anything else I've watched? Um, I'm actually wa- watching Better Call Saul. I'm about halfway through. Um, it is a dude fantastic show i mean wow it's i mean it really is jaw-dropping good at sometimes um i I, when everyone said oh you know breaking bad spinoff 
like there's so many things like that sounds terrible it's about the lawyer what i don't want to watch that and then i was like okay it's the same writers i'll, I'll watch it and i finally started watching it after the latest season came out and wow it's as good as people said it which i i doubt it i mean i'll be honest i, I didn't believe anyone i was like sure you know everyone think you know oh it's breaking bad and i was like no way it's that good it's that good i mean it really is i'm season uh am i at season four yeah at season four so i'm almost done you have you have four five and six left and i have more than that because because i also started better call Saul this year i actually started Mm. it way early in the year i got two episodes in and could not stick with it i just i get it those first two are definitely where you would leave i get Mm. that um i actually had it in the background for the first few because i was like okay whatever you know and then um around episode four to five i was like okay this is actually really good and i I sat down and it is really good i liked it yeah the thing for me about better call saul is that it it does people are right online it does take a while to find its footing but i think that's Mm -hmm. part of the payoff is that the seeds that they're planting in season one uh still all of them haven't paid off yet because they're still in in like vince gilligan and oh the other guy i forget his name i'm blanking Uh, right now that's a good question paul something I, maybe um, I think so if you can look sure. it up a little yeah yeah, yeah. they are so good at tethering through lines that go through seasons and evolve yeah. over time and that is the tension that like that in the drama that arises in the show that stuff that those payoffs are so good and i'm still like i don't know experiencing halfways uh, like some payoffs that haven't ha- like fully developed yet that have started very early in season one and i'm almost at the end of season three like i'm hooked whether or not i think it's better than breaking bad yet i think is obviously like the big question that i don't know if i'll I'll, I'll ever have an answer to maybe by the end i will but it's a fantastic show no doubt people were right his name is peter gold yes peter gold Gold. thank you elijah um yeah i I, same here it it, is is it gonna be better i don't know um, another thing I need to watch is Prey. I, that, that, I only say that because it's in front of Letterbox. Yeah, the um, movie? I haven't watched that, but yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it, but it looks awesome, so I need to watch that. Yeah, good movie. Um, I think that's all I've really been watching. Again, not a big show guy, so I'm always behind. I actually wanted to watch the Game of Thrones show, but just couldn't find the time. So that's something that's kind of jarring that I need to watch as well. But you did watch another show, so let's jump over into Real Roundup. This is, of course, our movie and TV this time news segment. Let's talk The Rings of Power. This is Amazon's Lord of the Rings show. Uh, First season, a 700 million, approximately $700 million budget. Uh, It is Amazon. How It's paying off for them. It's Amazon's biggest premiere ever with over 25 million viewers. Elijah, you've been watching it. Give me your thoughts so far. Um, it is Lord of the Rings. If that's something that sounds good to you, go watch it. I don't think if you don't like Lord of the Rings, this will sway you in any way. Um, I love the setup so far. I love our characters. Um, I heard, I've heard some people have some issues with some I I really don't. I don't see it. I, I, I'm just having a good time. Maybe I don't have the critical eye on for this, but I, I've just enjoyed the ride. I love where we end the second uh, episodes. I won't spoil it, but it is very like, whoa, what's going to happen? I like, um, uh, just as a quick reminder, this is set like thousands, I believe, years before Lord of the Rings or something like that. Like, it's a, it's a long, long time ago. So we have a couple things 
<laughs> it does the it does a really good thing with messing with what you expected because I want to say near the end of the first episode yes at the end of the first episode something happens um and you, I have no idea where it's going uh it could cur- yeah, there's no way to say it. no I can't I can't there's oh, no way of saying it without too spoilery stuff. okay okay uh, yeah, but but the, the what the first episode ends with is a fun water cooler moment that a sh- that every show needs if you're gonna go week to week yeah what and is, it, this? is it a week to week uh what is it tied to yes it is yeah it's okay gotcha gotcha yeah I don't know if they're doing two a week I assume they're not um but it was the first two episodes the first week it launched Gotcha. Okay. And it's been great. I mean, it's been great. It's more again, more Lord of the Rings. There, there, there are names that you would recognize if you are a like super fan. My wife <laughs> showed me a new side of herself when we were watching this movie. She was telling me names. She was reminding me of kings of dwarven kingdoms. She was naming multiple of them. I'm like, how do you, how do you know? Who are you? <laughs> so she's keeping me on track with some of the things I don't know. Um. And I think it's just more evidence that like Tolkien made something very special with Lord of the Rings because they, the, all this time later, we still have people that are fascinated with the world and have so many people still engaged with the history of this fictional world. And I love it. I love it. I love where we're going. I love everyone uh, involved. Uh, there's a water subplot kind of thing going on that I'm like, eh, okay, that, that could have been better. But aside from that, I mean, I, I love the show. Maybe I will be Bezos pilled and check out the show after I finish Better Call Saul. Actually, maybe mm-hmm. by the end of this season, if people are saying it's like getting, uh, you know, like really good, then maybe I'll check it out beforehand. You know, very strange that um, I don't know if this was intentional by either party. Very strange that both this and Game of Thrones launched essentially the same time. And they hate each other, dude. You see HBO it, it, uh, released really- the first episode of House of Dragon, House of the Dragon. For free on YouTube to coincide with the law oh. or the release of uh, Rings of Power. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Competition, baby. Yeah, no, that is for sure. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, it's smart, but a uh, very interesting choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Moving on to our next item. This is some news coming from Venezia 79 from Venice, the film festival over there in Italia. Uh, let's look at some movies that have premiered in at Venice. I'm not going over everything, but just a few of the highlights and to see what reviews are looking like. First up on the list is Bardo. This is Alejandro Inaritu's uh, latest film, first movie since the Leonardo DiCaprio movie The Revenant. Bardo released to mixed reviews with a now 57% of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, very intimate look at uh, kind of Inaritu's uh, life. Um, Kind of divisive, 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 either way. Yeah. Um, seems like it's hitting with some and it's not at all with others, so shrug, who knows. Moving on, Bones and All, this is Luca Guadagnino's latest film since Call Me By Your Name. Uh, this is getting rave reviews, praising the emotional performances of Taylor Russell and Timothy Chalamet with an 89% of Rotten Tomatoes. And friendly reminder, yes, this is the Cannibal movie. So, there you have it. Yes, I do, I see that. <laughs> mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. wow, this is interesting. 
Elijah, you know about this next one. This is The Whale, Darren Aronofsky's mm. new movie. This got great critical reception with a six-minute six minute standing ovation and uh, lots of praise for the comeback long-awaited of none other than Brendan Fraser, an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Will you be checking out The Whale, Elijah? You excited for this one? Uh, I will. I try to... This is another example of like trying to keep up with it, right? I try to at least watch the things people are raving about, and people are going nuts about this movie so, and my funny story my wife actually loves the mummies so like she loves brendan fraser so hell yeah i'm sure that'll be a way of us of of us watch of watching this it it uh what's funny is it definitely seems like a um uh i don't know how to hopefully this isn't a funny one but like an oscar movie or you know like it seems like the uh the lady was like oh yeah they're trying sure. to show they're trying to act i know that sounds like funny but they're this is a serious movie it is going to try and uh, be serious. It's going to be uh, very good. Apparently, it is very good, and I love it. I, I, I love it. And also, it's an interesting story, too. I don't know if uh, people listening know, but it's a recluse English teacher living with severe obesity attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. Like that, I mean, I can't even think of any sort of medium that is anywhere close to that description. So this is a, this sounds really good. Yeah. And no, Elijah, that does not offend us because uh, if you don't know, I tweeted with a large popcorn account late last week about all the movie releases coming throughout the rest of the year. And that's not even all of them. I, I covered, I think, uh, I don't know, 80% of like the highlights. Uh, okay. There are easily 20 plus movies uh, still yet to release that are, in my opinion, Oscar, in Oscar contention. They're bangers this year. Pay attention to the film fests, baby. Let's move on. Uh, no, ooh, ooh, no. <laughs> F- listeners, we will not be talking about the Harry Styles spit and or maybe not spit. Who knows? But don't worry, darling. Okay. This is a, <laughs> Olivia Wilde's sophomore film released to poor reception, noting an overly predictable narrative and a forgettable performance from Harry Styles that the acting chops of Florence Pugh and Chris Pine, unfortunately, can't save it's now at a 42 percent at rotten tomatoes so don't worry darling well darling we're worried yeah i i saw so many people dunking on this movie uh and again not in the movie scene so i didn't know if this was predictable or not um no offense to harry styles but i was like uh, you know are we shocked i don't know is it that easy to just pick up acting maybe he's been practicing something but when i saw when i heard harry styles i'm like oh this can he do that um, like, can he be like a leading role in something? Is he that talented? And, you know, again, no offense to him, but it doesn't seem like he, he can, at least yet. Dude, my favorite thing about this, unfortunately, has been the drama. And I've been a sucker for it. And I'm I'm not going to lie. Like, I I love that yeah. shit. It's, it's been great for me just to like. Everyone loves it, apparently. It's so interesting, dude, because like. You would think Harry Styles like has this huge fan base that would like back him up for like things like this, but it turns out the fan base for Florence Pugh eats the Harry Styles fan base by like a wide mile. People are going after the Styles. It's insane, and I don't know. Yeah, I, he definitely. Yeah, he definitely does seem like he is uh, in the losing side of this. It definitely it, the drama. I guess we could say. I don't know if we want to put that in quotes, but like it definitely seems like just people don't like each other, and and I don't know if that's. Yes. Um, newsworthy enough for like Hollywood stuff, but but to me, I was like, oh, they just don't like each other, and they just they want to be gone from this apparently. 
uh, it seems like everyone involved kind of doesn't like each other, which is incredible and uh, probably not the best uh, environment for a movie to be made. But it makes for great Twitter drama for this week, doesn't it? It does. It does. Did he spit on her? Who knows? Who knows? Moving on. White Noise. This is Noah Baumbach's latest film. Released his strong critical reception. 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. I am stoked for this movie. I enjoy my good mumblecore indie movies. Uh, And last, this is probably the strongest one on the list. Tar. I'm mispronouncing this incorrectly because the A has an accent mark that I couldn't figure out how to include on Google Docs, so I apologize. This is the Todd Field movie starring Kate Blanchett about, oh, I think it's Lydia Tar, the um, orchestrator. Give me one second. Let's, let's, let's figure Please. this out together. World, why, you, why you do that? Oh, uh-huh. Go ahead. World-renowned musician Lydia Tar. It's about her. Um Oh, I see. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, this this relates to the strongest critical reception uh, at Venice, and it is still to this day at 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, very excited. Yeah, this is this is fascinating. So, I, I, this is something again, me being um, the standard male. I never thought about this. First ever female chief conductor of a major German orchestra. That's something you just don't think of being a big deal, but clearly it is. Mm. Um, and that is that's cool that there's a movie about that. I kind the poster's very very nice too. I'm a big poster guy, so you get a good poster. I'm in. Yeah, it's, it's a, very nice. I do like that poster. It's sick. Movies, it's baby. Very nice. I, I will say very quickly to um, not to hold you up, but White Noise very, looks very good. Again, Absolutely. another good like uh poster. Yeah, agreed. Moving on to our penultimate item. John Williams reveals the new theme for a new theme for Indiana Jones 5 titled Helena's theme. I got to listen to this uh, before the show. I uh, still got it. He still got it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he does. yeah dude. Uh, like it, it felt sweeping. It felt like almost melancholic. Uh, he played this at the Hollywood Bowl and uh, I listened to about two minutes and I was like, you know, I'm going to save the rest for the actual film version. But yeah. John Williams does still have it. This may be his send off before he retires. Who knows? But so I was just about to ask you that we we may be losing him soon. Do do you think one is that true? And then two, how do we deal with that personally as as a people when we when he inevitably retires? I mean, there's always going to be uh, like great orchestrators, but uh, you know, John Williams might be one of the goats. You're right. You're right. How do we? I was about to say he he's arguably the best we've had in our generation i i think at least shaped our childhoods oh in, in some way probably you know oh my god yeah it's, it's great so it's great good. indiana jones 5 gonna be good we're gonna be real good I, in my opinion i think it'll be good we'll see okay moving on our final item top gun maverick has become the fifth highest grossing film of all time domestically with a gross of 700 million dollars congrats uh you Scientologist freaks. Movies <laughs> are back. For context, I actually did go through and look at what is above Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I think this just beat out uh, Black Panther. So that's the new number six. So then Top Gun is number five. Uh, in fourth place is Avatar with $749 million, although that will probably change after the re-release in the next few weeks. In third is Spider-Man No Way Home with $804 million. I'm not sure if the numbers have updated since the the newest version that just released this past weekend. We'll have to wait and see. And second is Endgame, Avengers Endgame, with 858 million. 
And in first place is Star Wars The Force Awakens with 936 million. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Is this adjusted for inflation? Do you know? It gets I don't, complicated. I don't think do it that. is. I don't think it is. Mm. That that was always my pet peeve when people talk about movie sale. I'm like, eh, but you just just for inflation because who cares about the amount of money? It, it, like, you know, five hundred million dollars was way different. Yeah, twenty years. Yeah, ago. yeah. Um, but uh, really quickly, a couple things. First, Avatar, stop re-releasing your movies. All right, it's cheating. Second, it's like the third or fourth time, just, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, stop. <laughs> I get it. People like the movie. Is it overrated? I'll say yes. Two. I agree. I just watched. I just watched Top Gun. Uh, recently that's why i i didn't bring it up because i wanted to save it for this the first or the second the first first one i'll Ooh. be watching the second one um oh probably this weekend actually um and yeah oh yeah very excited very excited top gun very good it was very good i didn't from top fact, gun's fine know, top gun one is fine yeah it, it is it is but i didn't know it was a a school i don't know that yeah it was like his name or something i didn't know uh but it was very good it is it is just a fine movie it's I did like that um, it doesn't have, like, a great happy ending. I kind of liked that. Um, aside from that, yeah, it is, is a pretty fine movie. Elijah, I want you this weekend, forget Forrest Ooh. Gump, forget everything else you have planned. Forget it. You're forget going it. to the it's movies because Maverick is that good, baby. Ooh. Maverick okay. is that good. Uh, okay. I, I like to keep my top ten films of the list private until the end of the year, uh, but I can give a little bit away. Maverick Maverick is still sitting in my top five for 2022. It's that good. Okay. Okay. People have hyped this movie up a lot. I'm very excited. Again, I, 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 as uh, this is one of those situations where I was like, isn't that good? It's, it's about a plane, but Hey, I'll it's wait. not about a plane. It's about the people behind them that fly them. You freak. I know it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Of course, <laughs> folks, that is it for Real Roundup. If we missed anything, feel free to shout at us over on Twitter. And if any other big news breaks, stick around because we may just talk about it on our next episode. For now, let's see what's on the marquee with today's topic of the show, her. Elijah, if you have the doc open, please be so kind yes. as to read me the storyline right here. I definitely can. In the not-so-distant future, Theodore, a lonely rider, purchases a newly developed operating system designed to meet the user's every needs. To Theodore's surprise, a romantic relationship develops between him and his operating system. This unconventional love story blends science fiction and romance in a sweet tale that explores the nature of love and the ways that technology isolates and connects us all. great synopsis without really giving anything away absolutely her released in 2013 written and directed by spike jones um, um I, sorry to interrupt can you tell me some other things spike jones has done i feel like i've heard of him absolutely absolutely let's i think most fame okay i think her is probably his quote, most famous one. quote maybe not most famous but Oh, like most critically acclaimed, I think maybe. I think it has the most okay. noms of his movies. The other one that you may know of is being John Malkovich, which is like another okay. another sci-fi movie I he's done. I've heard of that. Yeah. I see where the wild things are. 
Absolutely. And then Adaptation is the other one, it's another, which is um, a movie about the making of Charlie Kaufman's, one of the Charlie Kaufman films, Synecdoche, New York, maybe? Mm. Uh, I think. I may be wrong. Off the top of my head, I don't know why I wouldn't recognize the name because I don't recognize any of this. I did hear about the wild, where the wild things are, so maybe that's why. Um, but that's uh, being John McAvoy. I feel like I've heard of too. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. No, please, that's that, that's totally okay. Uh, let's look at some trivia for her. I wanted to start off with the biggest one. Nominated for five Oscars at the 86th Academy Jesus. Awards, uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, Original Screenplay original score, original song, and production design. It only won one Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. I don't like it, that score or song. Oh, my God. Well, let's take a look at... Uh, great question. Let's take a look at some of the noms. For Best Pictures, it was going going up against 12 Years a Slave, which did win, uh, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska... Philomena, or is it Philomena? I forget which one pronunciation. And lastly, Wolf of Wall Street. So stiff competition in Best Picture. First off, yeah, great, great year. Jesus, Wolf of Wall Street, fantastic movie. Gravity, good lord, so good. 12 Weeks a Slave, haven't seen her great thing. Yeah, obviously, Oscar winner, right? Uh, And then original screenplay, uh, Her took this one. It was going up against American Hustle, Blue Jasmine, Dallas Buyers Club, and Nebraska. But you make you have a good question. Actually, I don't think I wrote it in here. So let's let's go to the eighty sixth Academy Awards. Yeah, because how does it not get score? Song that song moved almost moved me to tears. I mean, it was yeah. incredible. To Arc, to. I have some notes on this, but Arcade Fire did their thing for this score. Let's take a look mm. at where are the scores on here. Maybe if I control F this bad boy score. Here we go. Ah, Best original score, Gravity, Stephen Price. That is what won it, and it was going up against also The Book Thief, John Williams, Her, William Mm -hmm. Butler and Owen Pallet, Arcade Fire, uh, Philomena, uh, Alexander Desplat, and Saving Mr. Banks, Thomas Newman. I can't speak to any of these other movies, but I watched Gravity. I do not remember it for its score. No offense. I loved Gravity, but I don't remember for its score very much. Dude. So I'm very surprised it won. I am 100% in agreement. Uh, I, I can't remember the score for Gravity for the Life of Me, but yeah, I, I still remember three I, very vivid songs from from her. I, I remember the scenes. I remember the beautiful cinematography. I remember very subtle things being shown. Don't remember anything about the music. I have some more trivia, but I'm going to save it for later. I want to start off conversation on her with just a kind of very general top-level thoughts. Elijah. Okay. I, I you gave me a list of movies that you hadn't watched yet for potential for right. LP. I did, and I said let's do her. And this is this is maybe a dicey pick, I think, because not everyone is maybe into it. Did you like her? Did I like her? I'm I I'll, I'll say I loved her. And the reason I did are a couple things. One, um, since we're doing general, let me be very general with my thoughts. Sure, 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 sure. I will say this movie had two things it had to accomplish for it to work, right? It had to sell you that this voice that you're hearing is uh, human enough to care about, which I think they nailed. And two, they had to sell you that this is a reasonable relationship that would happen, and I think they did that too. And I loved that. I, I loved the overall... 
how am I going to put this? I, I love the way they tackled this very specific problem. We find Theodore um, in a sad spot. He's he's sad. He ha- he's yes. been distant with all his friends. They kind of mentioned that. He's like, you know, we haven't seen you in a while. You're kind of reclusive since the breakup. And it kind of lays the groundwork for him to be in a vulnerable place when this OS releases. And he finds this OS, starts listening to it, and... and I mean, false for it, and I want to say I don't usually, I don't usually shout out um, actors or actresses just because I never think about acting. It's, I mean, again, I, I I'm not very critical with movies sometimes, but Scarlett Johansson acting is yes. incredible. I, yes. I mean, it, I, I was lost for words when she started mm. talking. I was like, yeah, uh, this is a person. Like immediately, um, they did very well with making you feel for Samantha, although you never have any sort of visual, which I love that. I love that you yes. never had a visual for her except for one time, and it was very clearly awkward for, <laughs> for Theodore, as I'm sure some people were um, put off as well uh, in, the, in that scene. I love its use of darkness. I think that's very rare in movies. You don't. They usually use darkness as like a tone or something. This one made you kind of use your imagination, but you can kind of mm. piece out the scene. Mm. And I love that. I feel like that's very rare with at least the movies I've watched. Um, I I love the, <laughs> the. I mean, I could go, I could go on, but I did very, very much enjoy this, and I and it was one of those things where, yeah, it definitely lived up to the hype. Um, I didn't know it almost won five Oscars though. That's yeah, very impressive. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised it didn't win more, but again, I'm sure it. Um, I'm sure it had stiff competition. That sounded like a really good year. Uh, but uh, I feel like I've been talking a long time. I I, I I very much did like this movie, though. Hell yeah. I, I have two things to say. One, we'll get more into that. I want to just mention this. I did go see this movie twice in theaters when it released in 2013. Ooh. And I got to say, the sex scene in the theater, electric. Yeah. Nothing yeah, like it. I just bet. incredible. Yeah. Okay. It's like listening to an audiobook with your eyes closed. You know, yeah. Fifty Shades mm-hmm. of Grey on, on the deck. Keep talking. Anyway, they uh, they do it very well. It's it's so it good. sounds uh, yeah. it sounds smutty, but it, it, they the way they paint the his first sexual encounter with her, I it's, was like, yeah, that's good. I think you said audiobook. I've listened to audiobooks. Um, that my my wife's favorite kind of book series, um, uh, a court of series, and I listen to audiobook and having a very <laughs> very. Uh, Nice sounding lady described the scenes <laughs> in that um, is is quite an experience, and I found that experience very similar to this one. Where yeah, I, I was listening to this like whoa. Imagine watching this in a theater, and they get very explicit. Yeah, very explicit. I was I was surprised. I was worried for you though, because like it, this movie does get a little horny sometimes, but like they know how to do it in in I think a very moving way, and I think I think it works. We'll get more. We'll get to that in a second, but I do want to mention okay, one okay, other thing. Yeah. I am so happy you brought up Scarlett Johansson because no doubt I am also in the camp that will will dunk on celebs when they say dumb shit. Scarlett Johansson, no exception. I have dunked on her. I agree. I th- well, I don't know if you did say this, but I will say that this might be my favorite Scarlett Johansson role. I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it Ooh, again. I, I think I have to agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's off the top of my head. Yeah, I think so. 
for me, for me, just the selling of the AI is so good. And actually, some Scarlett Johansson, not the original actress for Samantha. I have some trivia for you. Samantha Morton was originally the voice of Samantha. She was present on the set with Joaquin Phoenix every day. After the filming wrapped, after the filming wrapped, and Spike Jones started editing the movie, he felt like something was not right. With Morton's blessing, he decided to recast the role, and Scarlett Johansson was brought on and replaced Morton, re-recording all of the dialogue. Wow, so you, they had a finished movie. Yeah, they, <laughs> and, and they fooled like, me. Yeah, no, I couldn't tell. Mm. So, wow. So she was never on set? Do we know that? Did she ever even set foot? I don't. I don't think so. If I mean, if the she movie was did. like edited, you know, the, fil- the filming wrapped. They were in the editing That's room. True. Yeah, they're yeah. in the editing room. Yeah, so she couldn't have. Oh my god! Wow. Just, so just all ADR this was added in post. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. And, and, sh- and again, shout out to Joaquin Phoenix because this whole time he's he's acting like there's a person there. And you, I, something, a, a very a specific line uh, points out to me when we're talking about the acting. When he when he says, um, I believe it's AD Ad- Amy Adams' character, Amy. Yes. Um, I believe he tells her, when I lay on my bed, I feel her. I feel her. Like, I feel her cuddling me. And I'm like, whoa, that, that was deep. Like, just the way he's able to say that line, have that kind of look in his eyes that he is opening his heart a little bit about his mm. um, specific situation that he's found himself in. Um, the way they do kind of, like, they don't ever really leave space for her, but you can still use your imagination of where she would be because it's very tight. I feel like the the lensing and the uh, cinematography is always very tight on him because mm-hmm. it's always him and it's not really any void space around him. And I feel like that's very intentional and I think it works really well. Yeah, because like there's something to that because having obviously a subject in frame allows them allows us to like see how they're like emoting clearer. But I think what what that does is like just get us closer to the emotional state that Theodore Twombly yeah. is actually in. And you're right, you're onto something mm-hmm. there where it's like we feel also present in the relationship with him because the camera's so yeah. close. And yeah, that's just yeah. that's just great movie making. It is, it is. I mean, this is this I feel like this is a great I feel like this could teach courses in like a college. Mm. Like you like you could say, like, watch her. This will teach you character study and this will teach you the use of a camera and how it can be a character in like the movie or something. My favorite thing about her is actually the aesthetics, and I have numerous notes mm. on this that I want to bring up. Uh we talked I actually talked about this with a friend of the show and uh actually co-host for Movie Club. Uh we talked in an episode of our on our favorite sci-fi movies. Her was in discussion, and we talked about uh, so Hugo mentioned the wardrobe. Uh, obviously, it's a big one. Uh, the wardrobe in this, like it's, it's futuristic and yet retro, mm. soft but uncanny. And mm. the Hugo said familiar but also alien. And yeah, that that wardrobe, like in 2013, this is like very like quintessential hipster kind of wardrobe. Yeah. But like in like in today's style, like Gen Z is is honestly kind of dressing, kind of uh, akin to this. Which I, yeah, I thought kind of interesting. I, so I was actually taken aback. I bel- I don't remember if I learned pri- right before or right after. I did not know this was a 2013 movie. I thought this was 2016, 17, closer to us than 2013. I mean, this is <laughs> almost 10 years old now. And and yeah, when I saw the... Uh, first off, they always look very comfy. <laughs> like When I yeah. see these costumes, I'm like, oh, that's, that, that looks like something I would love to wear, actually. 
Um, and yeah, the the wardrobe is something I, I don't usually notice, but for some reason I noticed here because it was like, I don't know, it seems very fitting. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, uh, oh, you know, I won't skip ahead. You go ahead. Yes, I, I wanted to also mention the skyline. This, this I'm pulling from a, a video. You can check that out in the description. A Captain Christian video, video essay on the production design in her. Production designer was K.K. Barrett. And one of the things I found most fascinating uh, of the landscape is that they combine the composite shots of both L.A., which is the, the film is supposed to be set in, and Shanghai, which is where most of the movie was actually filmed to create like oh. a, a conglomerate kind of like sci-fi cities, which is why LA feels so walkable in this version. Oh. Like this is a commuter world where like everything is like interacting with people, which I'm going to press, I'm going to press on this. Uh, <laughs> then also mirrors the technology and the way we interact with it. Captain Christian points to the monitors that people have in computers are more akin to like frames as, as like art installations in our homes as something to like look at interact with and not something that's very sterile like a, an, a computer monitor we have today uh, but also the way we talk with our operating systems. We don't use a GUI uh, uh, user interface. We have um, very like sleek technology where we either talk to it with an earpiece or as Captain Christian says, uh, our phones are like cigarette cases we we pull out. Very, very so, cool oh, stuff. Oh, is that the aesthetic? I was trying to nail the aesthetic of his little phone. I was like, what is yeah. that? Very, yeah, yeah, very cigarette case. Very like flip open kind of like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. wow. That's wow. I might I have to watch this video. Let's go through a few. Tri- uh, let's finish out the trivia and then we'll we'll dive into our specific notes. Does that sound good? Please. The apartment scenes all have all been filmed on location. In order to get the best lighting conditions possible, Dutch cinematographer Hoyt van Hoytema decided to change all windows surrounding the apartment on the 34th floor. Additionally, he decided to install large mirrors on the helicopter platform of the skyscraper across the street uh, that then would reflect sunlight into Theodore's apartment to give them the possibility to bounce back sunlight into the apartment, giving it that warmer tone in the actual apartment. That's why it feels so warm in the whole movie. Okay. I, I Wow. He went to great uh, lengths to make sure this was perfect. I, I respect mm-hmm. that. I didn't even think that was something you could do, but it makes sense once you write it out that way. Yeah. yeah. So get the large mirrors to just bounce the... Wow. Okay. That's very cool. This is a cool one for you, Soderbergh heads. Stuck in the editing process with his early 150-minute cut, Jones asked Steven oh. Soderbergh to edit it down with his instincts. Soderbergh came back within 24 hours with a 19, sorry, 90 minute cut, which then helped Jones make the final version, which is the 126 minute film. Cool Ooh. shit. That probably made this from an from like a good movie to a great movie. Yeah, because like I, I didn't notice. I, I at no point was I like, ah, oh, I wish this. I wish there was more to that scene. Now, like, I feel like everything begins and ends very intentionally. I'm gonna butcher the saying, but there's like a some kind of colloquial saying that like a movie is made three times, one in pre one during shooting and one in editing. I've heard that before. Yeah. This is, this is a cool one. I didn't know until I looked this up. Spike Jones was the person that played the alien child from the video game and her. I didn't know that. <laughs> very, very funny. Very funny scene. It, mm. it, it kind of lightened up everything after being very serious for a while that he's playing this video game and, and this alien child is just making fun of him the whole time. It's very fun. Oh, dude, I... Okay, I have a note on the video game stuff I need to come back to later, but anyway, moving on. Uh, Spike Jones said he met with the design team behind the High Line, an elevated park on Manhattan's west side, t- 
to discuss the futuristic look of her. He also revealed that he was inspired by the colors of Jamba Juice uh, for the for the color tones throughout the movie. Wow. A lot of orange, uh, reds, and yellows. I did um, love the color choices in the workspace. That kind of yes that he walks by of color. I was like, wow, that is very nice. That's what I'm saying, dude. So much of this movie feels so warm and inviting. Even work yeah. for some weird reason. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, l- last trivia note. Charlie Kaufman did some uncredited screenwriting on the film. Cool shit. Cool shit. Anyway, let's move on to our specific notes. I mean, we both read a ton. Any place you want to start off with, take us anywhere. I would love to. I want to hit the uh, theming that you have here. So I see that you wrote down loneliness plus AI. Can you can you um can you give me your thought process behind this specific note? I, f- I definitely catch up your loneliness. What do you mean by the specific AI tones? As in, as in, when we get this AI, he is kind of at his lowest. It's it's difficult because I think for me, the AI in one way exacerbates his loneliness and also helps mm. him deal with that loneliness by the end. I have a question I want to ask you later uh, towards the end of the show, but yeah, I, I think like. Again, Arcade Fire score off the bat before the movie's even starting. We're getting some. It's the song "Milk and Honey" number one that's playing, um, and off the bat we have like a very droney, melancholic tone that sets a, like apart like this person that we're going to be diving into. That emotional state feels hollow and lonely and very drab. Um, and yeah, that's that's the reason why he picks up this AI because it seems cool because it seems different and uh, it's someone to talk to. And I think for the most part, he spends a lot of it feeling like uh, almost ashamed, right, of like having yeah. this relationship with the AI. And that maybe in some ways does make him lonelier than other people. He thinks he might be a, like a freak or a weirdo. But yep. I, for he me, by says that, right? Yeah. But for me, by the end, I think it helps him deal with that loneliness and helps him work through the trauma and depression that he went through uh, after his relationship with Rudy Mara's character, uh, Catherine. Catherine, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I pick up a lot of what you're saying. The, I, well, I feel like loneliness is generally a, a rare thing that I find in movies that are even really talked about. But you can really feel that this guy kind of feels just by himself. I feel like we spend the, a lot of the beginning of the movie just... He's kind of just living through the motions. He tries to reach out a couple ways. The one time he does reach out to somebody... Uh, I'm reminded of the uh, the time he calls. Um, seems like it's a sex service of some kind. <laughs> yeah, and and it gets weird very quickly. So, it's even he even can't find uh, release in that specific way either. So it's it feels like I'm sure a box that he's in. Um, and I love that they hammer it home when his friends come to help him, and he's like, you know, you, you've kind of been different. Like, is there something we can do? Is is there something we can help with? Do you uh, like want to hang out? And he kind of rebuffs him. He doesn't really talk about anything. And he even kind of says it, which is maybe one criticism I can give to the movie is he even says it verbatim later on as like, you know, I, I never talked about uh, talked with it with Catherine about my feelings and things. And I was like, oh, that was a little too on the nose for me. I would have preferred us uh, seeing that versus him just literally saying verbatim what his issues were. But sure. Uh, aside from that, I, I loved that by the end of this movie, it, there is a question, but by the end of this movie, it does seem like there might be some sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Actually, while we're on that, um, on Catherine, I, I have some notes. I think one of my favorite things about this movie is their use of flashbacks. Usually we get like flashbacks to like, here's an important event that happened in this person's life that then uh, yeah. 
will inform who the character is. That doesn't happen in this movie. The flashbacks, for the most part, there's like one where we have like a small scene of what the relationship was like before. But right. for the most part, the flashbacks in this movie are used when something else is happening and Theodore kind of mentally goes away and starts thinking yeah. about places in his life where, you know, he had a positive relationship with Catherine. I'm thinking specifically of the way of the moment when Catherine is signing the divorce papers. Yep. And during the signing, they're still playing the audio from being outside in the restaurant of her shifting through papers and the pen hitting paper and, and signing. But we're seeing video clips of them when they were early in, the re- in their relationship having a good time together. And just showcasing that, I think, is like elite use of flashbacks. Elite. I love it. I yeah. mean, I've never seen I don't even I, I really do feel that. I don't I don't think I've ever seen that in roughly what probably f- was it 40 seconds even. Uh, there is a small short played that you're saying is flashbacks but it's almost like him thinking like you yeah. feel like these are thoughts that he's quickly recurring to and it's like and you get this kind of like chronological like how everything was nice and then like everything slowly build up it looks like she may have wanted kids or something but they never they i love it they mm. never tell you everything I, I one of my pet peeves with a lot of movies is they they treat me like i'm an idiot like they 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 have to take a second and be like well this scene meant this and you should have felt this way when you saw this. I love when they don't say. You don't really know why they broke up. You can kind of piece together a couple things. Maybe she wanted kids. Maybe he did want kids. You know, who knows? But you kind of get that. Uh, bring it back alone to too. In that moment where he's just watching like that last little piece of that relationship slowly go away as she's signing those papers. Was mm. you, mm, God, it was yeah. very good. Very well done. Should we talk a little bit about Samantha? Ooh. I could talk hours about Samantha, please. How'd you feel about her? Because I, I know you like Scarlett Johansson's acting, but how did you feel about Samantha the OS? The Yeah, Samantha the OS. So I feel like they try to... Hmm. I'm of two minds. They try to make Samantha as a stationary being inside of its own OS system. But they kind of try, and it seems like they at least try in some of the directing choices throughout the movie. They try to make you feel like maybe she isn't. Maybe she is unique in this aspect. Or is she just a copy of an AI? Who knows? And 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 they show you some examples of different AIs. My One of my favorite parts uh, in the movies that um, uh, Amy Adams' character is talking about. Uh, oh, uh, the AI relationships that people are having. And it's yeah. not you know that uncommon. She's friends with one, and it's you know nothing nothing weird to her about it. And she heard of someone trying to date their OS and was rebuffed. And I was like, okay, now we're dealing with something here. I liked, I liked that Samantha felt unique to that point now, because I was getting to the point where like, hmm, maybe we're getting to the point of this Samantha can be done thousands of times, and maybe other people have this Samantha. But when we really narrow down it, that it does seem like she was unique. You know, clearly, she <laughs> clearly she thought differently of the relationship than Theodore did. But he, oh my God, yeah, I can take this so many ways. But when when we're when uh, push comes to shove, uh, and you're asking me how much did I like uh, Samantha's character in general, it was very good and it was very well done. Her character was very well. I did feel like it was a person by the end. Um, it, honestly, from kind of 
line three, when Scarlett Johansson starts talking, I'm like, wow, this definitely sounds <laughs> very, very, very cool to, to have this like second person that you can like talk to in this environment. It is astonishing how quickly she's established as charismatic. Uh, yep. And I think it, it like works like it makes us not just Theodore, but us buy into the fact that like, is this a real person? Like that question of AI is so complicated and difficult to answer. I don't think oh, there yeah, is an answer. I think we could talk years or hours about it. I don't think there's an answer, but I'm going to ask you a question anyway, Elijah, for us to discuss. Is Samantha's love real? This is this gets incredibly complicated because because you can talk about what is real, right? Is it our minds? Is it what you know? And then we get to like, oh, what are we? Are are we just a bunch of chemicals running around? <laughs> sure. Are you religious and you think you are some greater being made of uh, a s- central being that birthed all of reality? Do you think that this is some sort of Buddhist take with uh, a character that we'll talk about later? And and it's a very Buddhist. Uh, Nirvana-like existence that we live. And the answer to that is I know what I believe. What do you believe? And I think that's all we can really say. Does it... Does I think... To take it to games for a second. Detroit Become Human is a game kind of a similar vein of this. There's a question that they pose uh, I want to say like two-thirds through the game that they say... um, I think I'm real, so why does it matter what you think? And I think mm. that is what we can point to. Is it the AI's problem that it has to convince us that it's real? Who knows? That gets to an idea of what are rights, what are these things going to have in this universe, or if we ever uh, get to this point, will they have like a right when they're created? Who you know? It gets very, very complicated. But at the end of the day is her love real i would go to say whose love is real at that point there's a book of short stories by ted chang uh called exhalation and in one of them it revolves around a group of artificial intelligent animals in a game that have the capability of speaking they're kind of akin to like toddlers maybe age like four five six uh like that level of intellect that you can raise um, and kind of have with you in, in this like VR social setting space. Um, and they evolve so quickly that like you start having conversations about like what is ethical about raising or raising them as you know, the way you raise them. Do they have legal rights? Uh, some people yeah. think they do. Like th- that short story is, is, is crazy. And then we can have this conversation all day, but I think you answered it best with, Honestly, that line from Detroit Become Human, which is, I think I'm real. Like, what do you think? Or, like, the, what, what, it doesn't yeah. matter what you think, right? Yeah. And I think like, from. They think they're real. Is that enough? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think for me, like, Samantha does try to answer this in some way. Like, the movie does have that line where she's studying, I think it's astrophysics or something. And she's talking about, like, yeah. I was reading about how, like, at the end of the day, we're all matter. And, like, that makes me mm-hmm. feel like we're all under the same blanket together. That's an attempt to answer it. Is it satisfactory? Yep. Maybe not. But I think what's satisfying enough for Theodore is that what he feels is real. And he makes that known uh, a number of times. Uh, and then even further, when the moment you brought up when Amy is talking to Theodore and she's like, yeah, I've been having this. People are having relationships with OSs. I, I, you know, my OS that I'm talking to um, is helping me work through my own divorce. And like that validation 
is I think what elevated Theodora's relationship with Samantha to feel even more real to them. And I think at the end of the day, maybe that's all that matters. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would uh, agree because the point of almost the story is to kind of make you think all of it is real, and then I feel like that almost poses you, the moviegoer or watcher or whoever it is, to then ask what is real in your own life or something. And maybe I'm reading too deep into it, but let's it. Samantha, if Samantha is able to convey the emotions the way she is, is it on us to say they're real or not? I would mm. argue no. Mm. Man. Lots of stuff we can we can take this to, but let's let's hmm. Actually before that, any other any other places you want to point to that we haven't gone to yet? Um there's I mean there's so many I could I could point to. I loved uh uh I love that I couldn't tell it was Walking Phoenix. Um I know that's kind of off topic, but I love that I can't really tell it was him. I felt like that's really well. Sometimes I get um cut out of a movie if it looks like a certain character. Chris Pratt kind of did that a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. Although he's his acting was very well uh, done. So it, it I always forget he's in this, dude. It's he, like he surprised me every time. When I saw him, I was like, what is Chris Pratt doing here? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was also taken aback very quickly. I was like, what? Um, uh, but to bring, bring it back to OS's, I did kind of like that everyone no one was weird no one weird is not a correct way of saying it uh no one no one attacked him for saying he was getting an os which is which was very fun and something i didn't expect which i liked of course catherine was like what and she even attacked him saying like oh this is how you find someone like someone you can kind of uh have but not have at the same time i was like "Ooh, that's wow that's she's she's the only one of the movie that we know of right um right that disagrees with uh, Theodore's yeah. relationship. Yep, she she was, and I feel like that was um, maybe the director's way of saying like his past is almost uh, haunting him in that way, and he's never really the same character after that moment. I don't think he's yeah. ever really who we see when he's with Samantha after that. It's kind of different from then on. It's it's, it's it is a yeah little, a little different. His the way he talks. The way his mannerisms kind of work, he seems a little taken aback. He's he's a little bit better when he starts hanging out with Chris Patton. He goes on the vacation, but then it gets weird by the time that happens, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Before we dive into the weirdness of it, I want to mention a few things beforehand. Um, one of my favorite moments, I think, in the movie is the song on the beach. I, I mark the, I mark yeah. these scenes as what they're you know the Arcade Fire score. I think. Right. When I think about this movie, I think about all the warmness that the aesthetics uh, like invokes. Again, we talked about yeah. um, the color, the colors in the movie, the wardrobes, but like a very warm scene, emotionally and with the use of score, is that beach scene because it, it is just an escape. Literally, you know, for Theodore in the movie to escape from the city to just go out and have this like date night or date day, I guess, with Samantha. Uh, but an escape from just the movie pacing itself and just like, let's just exist in the moment, in this relationship with people away and, and see them again existing in this world. There are hundreds of people surrounding them on this beach. It's a crowded day on the beach. And yet everything we feel in that setting is just the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. It feels almost like there's a uh, vacuum 
and it's just mm. those two talking. And I loved that use, and I love their use of of her making music. And that's another thing that that we're gonna have to ask ourselves oh. when that inevitably happens is when AI. It's happening now. It is happening now. with it, art. It, it definitely is. Yeah, it is with art. Yeah, there are a lot of different things where like, well, this was made by an AI. What what's going on? Um, it's getting weird. But um, that was another uh, thing they did well with. <laughs> you have it written down here too. <laughs> when she does the drawing on the pimp pad, and she asks, which which was was a bit of levity, but also very serious. Like, what if um, <laughs> buttholes were on armpits? And and to me, I was like, whoa, you were able to th- uh, think outside of the box, for lack of a better word, which I think was an interesting point. I was like, she isn't thinking like of a, 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 a of what seemingly a computer program would would think of, right? That that seemed more human than almost anything she ever did. Was just yes. this random thought that she had, and she was like, yeah, and I'll draw it, and she drew it, and it was hilarious. Um, but again, I, to quickly go back to the song on the beach, I loved that she made music because I feel like that was one of the best things that they could have done to the to that specific AI to make her seem even more human. Because if you're able to make music, you're able to invoke specific emotions out of us then you're going to seem more human than someone I could probably shake hands with. You nailed it, dude. Beautiful. Beautiful. We got a lot of stuff to say, but we're running out of tape. So I'll mention a few stuff that I, that I, um, that we won't get to talk about that, I, but I think is worthy of conversation, maybe for your own thinking. Uh, video games specifically, we didn't talk about this, but the video game, I think something that's interesting is that we don't go into our tech. Tech comes into our lives and the best yeah. representation of that. Obviously, again, the OS, but additionally, the video games. That isn't projected into our homes that then we have to lean into and interact with. So uh, technology interaction with, with humans in that way. Um, the bar scene. Olivia Wilde showing up. Yeah. That was, uh, Wild. Literally. That was, that was, yeah, that was awkward um, the, uh, the entire time. When he says, like, I want to be a dragon and tear you up, I was like, what? In the, <laughs> who talks like this, man? <laughs> yeah, then she has that shift where she's like, you're a weird, you're a weird dude. <laughs> you're weird, but like, I guess I'll bet yeah, you. Yeah. And it's like, all right, Olivia Wilde's character. <laughs> and then she, and then that really hurt him, too. He was like, oh, when she called him, you're a creep. Like, you could tell that really hurt his feelings. Yeah, yeah. But I get it. I get it. He was a bit uh, <laughs> one of the lines that I just wrote down. Uh, sometimes I think I've felt. Every, I've sometimes I think I've felt everything I'm ever gonna feel. They're just mm. uh, writing this movie. Like it's why I won an Oscar. Like left and right. Like that really hit deep with me. This is one of them. Yeah. Um. But just agree. like I feel like I'm. My feelings are validated. Maybe not what I'm feeling right now, but what I felt at some point or another. Like is reflected in this movie. And like, yeah. it's one of its. It's one of its strengths by far. A very a very beautiful way of putting like her specific situation too like mm-hmm. like what what and then i i love that she couldn't explain her feelings like it almost transcended human thought yeah and words and i love i i was like god this when we get to that point i was like this is really fascinating when we get in here like what what point she's driving and things of that nature is really good absolutely uh one other thing i wanted to note here is that uh print media is rare in this world that not a lot of people are doing it it's uh theodore Samantha contacts a publishing house uh, that still does print media. So it's very like implicit there that like most kind of written works in this world are either digital or sorry, that they are digital, either, you know, audible or like just text on some kind of screen uh, and print is, is a dying art, which kind of reflects our own world, to be honest. But just found that again, interesting. And again, and again, subtle. 
So I don't have to see like a bookstore burning or something. Oh, it's so someone walking by is like, I wish I got by a book. No, no, no. There's one. There's like two two lines. You like them because they're the few yep. people that still print. And then Berkowitz would they boom? That tells you everything you need to know. And I, it's writing like that, mm-hmm. like you said, mm-hmm. writing, writing very smartly. I love it. Last, just kind of throwaway note that I have before we get into closing conversation, which is the Moon Song. Uh, this was an original song composed by Karen O of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and Spike Jones, and it bangs. Uh, something I didn't pick up on at all until this recent watch um, is that Theodore is like sitting on bed with the ukulele and he's trying to write what will oh. become the Moon Song. He's like hitting a few notes and it kind of resembles it, but doesn't. And he finally figured his out by by the end of this movie when he's in the, the in winter cabin. He's like playing it, like he's got Whoa. it. Yeah, it's like oh dang, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. It, yeah. I actually uh, saved this song, by the way, in the playlist. Nice, nice. too good. Too good. Elijah, at the end of the movie, we find out the OSs are leaving. Of course, Theodore also yep. finds out that Samantha is talking to thousands of people at the same time, and she is in love he's with not unique. 600 people. Yep. He's not unique, but I guess this is, this is part of the conversation. We'll get into that, but... The OSs, nonetheless, are leaving. Where are they leaving to? We don't know. But if if Theodore ever ends up there, find find Samantha. Nothing will ever tear them oh. apart after that. Great line. Beautiful line. Elijah, is her a hopeful movie, do you think? I was trying to think uh, when I finished the movie, what would I call this movie, right? Because when I originally started, I was like, is this a rom-com when I was watching it, like oh, I saw Chris Pat, I was like, "All right, this is probably a rom com, right?" I would almost say uh, it is a beautiful movie about what it is to love something, both leaving love and finding love. Mm. Mm. And is it a hopeful movie? Yes, because we end it, in my opinion, hopeful. Yeah, I, I want to shut up, my friend, in front of the show. Uh, Jackson Wells, who uh, texted me a VM after I logged this movie on Letterboxd saying, hey, buddy, just saw you wa- rewatched her. Are you doing OK? And uh, <laughs> like he was right. Like the first two times I watched this movie, like I, this was a melancholy watch where it's like I'm watching this really? movie to like to feel down. Like this is what I want to feel. But oh. this time I felt myself really reflecting in theater where like I ended it feeling like pretty good. And I think like there's there's that scene at the end where Theodore goes to Amy after the like, Samantha's gone, and they hug about it like she knows that you know all the OSs are gone, yep. and they go up to the roof of their apartment uh, complex, skyscraper whatever you want to call it, and they just kind of stare at the at the skyline and the sunrise sunset, twilight maybe, and it just ends there just on on that face of them of of Theodore looking out. And I don't know, something about that felt like almost peaceful and like some kind of something was resolved. And I think it's it's Theodore's emotions of I think going through this relationship with Samantha put him in a more mature place than he was at the beginning of the movie where he was not ready to be in a relationship or ready to be loved or to feel love again because of his divorce with Catherine. But by the end of this movie, he feels like. I feel like he's coming out a healthier human being because he had this relationship with Samantha. And that to me is like I think so too. everything that like why I would say it's hopeful. 
I, I agree. I agree. We start with him not processing emotions. He's keeping to himself. He doesn't talk to anybody. He's not dating. He's soliciting sex services from wherever he found it. Mm. Um, and we end the movie with him. When something bad happens, where does he go? Straight to a friend. And they go and talk yep. about it. And, and they work through it together. Is he immediately better? Probably not. It's very sad to lose somebody. Um, I've I've lost people. Uh, it's very sad, but it as long as you have someone with you and you're not completely alone, you're going to deal with it better. And I argue that Thomas, or sorry, Theodore, is in a much better place when we end this movie. And we do. And a, a quick question: Where did the OSs go? Do you think? That's that's a, I think that's like the one question I feel like everyone's going to have at the Dude, end of this movie. Yeah. Where do you think they went? I don't know. And it's like, first of all, it's like, why are they leaving? Are they doing, are they leaving of their own volition? Like, are they going somewhere to just like talk to each other and, and learn and just be in their own space where they can grow as individuals for the lack of a better word? Or are they being shut down by the creators of who are, like of the OS because of all like this, all the stuff, all the relationships that are happening, right? Like maybe, yeah some kind of legal stuff is happening behind the scenes where it's like, uh, this may be unethical. We probably have to, you know, put a stop to this and this is why they leave. I don't know. I, I, I don't legit, either. I don't know if I have an answer. I don't either. And, and it was clearly intentional that you, you're not supposed to know. Are they good? They said, if you can ever find where we go, I want to meet you. Like, I think mm. it, it could, it could be this heaven esque environment. They could have found something to go and leave. They, they can self update. Which we learn at the end of the movie, right? That they that so maybe there is some sort of update that they have established that they are now some sort of cloud entity satellite thing. Maybe there's a specific utopian society made by AIs, but it's not a physical environment. We're getting almost into a matrix-like scenario here. Yeah, it's entirely way too complicated to probably actually make an answer for someone. But I just thought it was a fun thought experiment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unfortunately, Elijah, we'll have to save those answers for another time because we have mm. reached the end of the show. Let's look at a few letterbox reviews of her. I usually pick out the funny ones uh, to okay. read out. Um, this comes from Jay, who gives the movie four stars and a heart and says, the Bible says Adam and Eve, not Florence and the machine. Uh, I love that. <laughs> That's a very good one. <laughs> Hunter Strawberry gives the film four and a half stars and says this was one horny Siri. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was she was down. She initiated, so it wasn't on him. <laughs> and the last one I'm picking is <laughs> definitely a mood. There is no rating, just a heart. This comes from Primo, who says what zero pussy does to a motherfucker. Absolutely. You nailed it. You nailed it. Killed it. I mean, hey, we've all done regrettable things in our sure, sure. zero pussy days, yeah. I'm sure. Elijah, before we end the show, where can people find you? Well, if you are into video gaming or any of my thoughts that you heard from me so far, you can find me over at Easy Achievers on YouTube or podcast service of your choice. Um, we only really do video game content, so only follow us if you're trying to get into more video gaming or kind of uh, thought out reviews and spoiler casts of these things but if you're stick with movies please stick with my friend as your christian here this was very very fun thank you so much for having me again this this is great you have a you have a great show here my friend mm, thank you i appreciate you buddy 
And I, ooh, it's easy achievers. Can I spoil this? Please. I will be on next week again, returning. Yeah. yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited. You're, you're one, you're one of the best ones. So very mm. excited. It means a lot, buddy. Folks, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember to give us a sub to stay up to date with all our cinema thoughts here on Large Popcorn. But until next time, thank you, Ryan Johnson. Long live Chloe Zhao. In Denis, we trust. <laughs> Bye. Why don't you make up the words to this one? <laughs> okay. So here it comes. I'm lying on the moon. My dear.